Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Tonight, which is called Revive, and it's a series all about revival. And uh, if you have a Bible tonight, can you please turn to Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 35 to 38 of that. And then also, if you've got a bookmark or something else in your Bible, or if it's on your phone, then you can hold on. But if you've got a bookmark, then we're going to also read Haggai 2, verse 9. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, and then Haggai 2, verse 9. And it's going to be up on the screen behind me as well, if you haven't got your Bible with you this evening. And it says, Matthew chapter 9, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And then we're going to read Haggai 2, verse 9, and I'm going to read it from the message translation. And it says, this temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Decree of God of the angel armies. So we've seen over these last weeks the revival is an awakening, a revitalization, a return to a former glory within the church. It's when the church falls in love with Jesus again and puts Jesus first within their lives. And it's when the church rises up to seek the Lord and believe God to do great things. And, and when it does that, God comes and moves in power and shakes the church and moves through, its, uh, moves through the people. And over the past few weeks, we've been looking at different stories from uh, different stories of revival. We've been looking, we looked at the Great Awakening. My father looked at the Welsh Revival. And then last week, we looked at the Azusa Street Revival. And tonight, we're going to look at another great revival of the past. And it's the Abraman Revival. The Abraman Revival of 1919. Anybody know about this revival? Yeah, some of you, yeah, some of you. Anybody there? <laughs> some of you? No, Geek? No. <laughs> Only joking. Uh, the Abrahamian Revival of 1919. You know, the revival fire was spreading across this nation in 1904 and 1905. God was doing something that had never been really done to this scale ever before in this land. You know, there have been other revivals in the past in Wales in the 1800s, but in 1904, we see the greatest revival to ever take place in this land, which will eventually shake the world and transform the world. And it's said on record that about 100,000 people came to know Jesus within six months of God pouring out his spirit upon a small group of people in Lacharen, led by Evan Roberts. People's lives were transformed by the thousands. I know it was indeed a sovereign move of God. It wasn't just churches deciding to put on a conference or getting guest speakers or anything like that. It was all of God. It was as the people of God seen the state of the church and they were desperate for God to come and move and change the church and see the apathy blown out and see a hunger for God restored. It was a sovereign move of God's Holy Spirit as he responded, as God responded to the people's praise. 
you know, when we read about the Welsh Revival, when you hear about it, you know, we, we hear that whole communities were turned upside down. Not just one or two, whole communities were turned upside down. They were changed from depra depravity to glorious goodness by the power of God. My, I'm sure my father shared with you that the crime rate, it dropped incredibly during the 1904 revival, often to nothing. It says in reports that the police force felt like they had nothing to do because crime was so low and the police officers would often escort people to the prayer meetings in churches because they had nothing else to do. Wouldn't that be amazing tonight to see all the police lined up because they've got to just bring people to church. That's what we are believing for. It says that in the 1904 revival, the alcohol trade, it, it was decimated. It was completely gone because people were so caught up with God that they realized they didn't, they didn't need this. They didn't long for this, that it brought nothing to their lives. Families experience incredible renewal. And you know, I don't know about you, but when we look out in our society, families need a renewal. There's such a breakdown within home lives. Souls were saved. Individual lives were changed. Whole families, communities were changed. And also society changed. Society felt the impact of God. Society was transformed by the power of God. Many people came to know Jesus. But during the, the latter part of 1905, Evan Roberts, who was the sort of central figure of the Welsh revival, he was suffering from nervous exhaustion. He, he was wrecked because he would go around preaching non-stop. He would be in meetings, you know, he'd be there all day into the early hours of the morning. And when he'd go home, you know, he'd be spending all night in prayer. He was absolutely wrecked. And his ministry, it was viciously and publicly attacked uh, by a minister actually in Dowlais. Uh, who brought into question the revival, said that the revival was actually just made up. It wasn't really of God. And it really deeply affected Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts was greatly affected by it. And he was so tired that, that Evan Roberts actually went into a deep depression after it. He was just totally burnt out. He was finished. He was exhausted from it all. And he had to go away, actually, which was is really sad to recover. To get, over, uh, to get over this, to get over the disappointment, but to also recover physically. And as a result of that, the revival fire within Wales started to quench. The revival started to dissipate. And, and we see that the people began to get back into the normal rhythm of things. The people began to settle down. And so following 1904 and 1905, people actually began attending church less and less. Yes, there were great movements of God. Yes, churches were packed out more than usual. But people, there started to be a decline once again, a turning away from God. And there was also a real struggle within society once again. And you can add to all of this the start of the First World War. That didn't help matters at all when the First World War took place. And there was a real loss of spiritual hunger and spiritual appetite for the things and, uh, and uh, for the things of God and for God himself. You know, even though revival started to wane, even though re the revival fire started to, to dissipate and to, to, to uh, go out, it was actually the Pentecostals who continued in that same passion and that same desire. The Pentecostal movement came out of the 1904 revival and in particular 1906 revival in Azusa Street. That's when the birth of the Pentecostal church took place and they carried 
on that fire. They carried on. They hungered for the Holy Spirit. They believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They believed that the Holy Spirit was the one who could change and transform. And there was a real hunger for God. And a lot of those people who were saved during the Welsh Revival and converted during the Welsh Revival, they were actually the ones who started a lot of the Pentecostal and apostolic churches at that time. They joined together and they pioneered the Pentecostal churches within Wales. I know it was a result of that, that in 1910, our church was birthed. Our church felt the effects of the Welsh Revival. They heard about it, uh, about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And they were quick kicked out of Gwawr for, for believing in the speaking of tongues and believing in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A small group of people. And so they decided that they would meet uh, in various homes across the Abrahamen area and come together and form a new church, a Pentecostal church, a church that believed in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. They decided they were going to start a new church as they felt God leading, it, uh, leading them. And it was actually in 1917 that they purchased this building. And this building, if you don't know it, was originally a pub. It was formerly a pub and it was known as the Gin Palace. So this place we're standing in tonight was formerly a pub. But you know, isn't it incredible what God can do? He takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. And he transformed this building into a house, not of worship of alcohol, but of worship of the living God. Where people would come and they bought this place in 19. And so after the Welsh Revival, Pentecostal churches started sprouting up everywhere. And there was incredible converts from the 1904 Revival. And probably the most well-known of those who were converted in the Welsh Revival were two brothers. And their names were George and Stephen Jeffries. Anybody ever heard of them? Yeah, George and Stephen Jeffries. They were incredible ministers who came out of the Welsh Revival. And in 1919, uh, the Jeffrey brothers, their name was becoming more and more well-known because they would go around preaching the gospel and seeing many signs accompanying the preaching of the gospel. They were seeing lives transformed, people healed, people set free, people delivered, hundreds and thousands of people getting saved. Their names were heard throughout their valleys. People knew who George and Stephen Jeffreys were. And Stephen Jeffreys, he was in particular demand to go and conduct gospel meetings around Wales. People were asking him, churches were asking him to come to their church to hold a, a conference or a, a gospel campaign, as it was probably it was, it was well known in those days, but as we know it, a conference, to go and hold a conference, to speak to, to the masses and to get people to come to know Jesus. And as a result of this, because of this, it was a small group of people from Abraman, who asked Stephen Jeffries to come along and to hold a, a gospel campaign in their church. And that invitation came from a small group of people, just nine people actually. And it was actually the nine people who started our church asked for him to come along and to preach and uh, to hold uh, a campaign. And he accepted the invitation and he came along. And you know, in 1919, God did something incredible. God did something absolutely incredible. God answered those nine people's prayers. He answered their prayers. And they held these meetings with Stephen Jeffries, not in this building, but they held it over in Libanus, which is on Lewis Street. I don't know if you've got it. Yeah, he's, oh, look at this, he's on it. He's got it already up. It's up in Libanus. It's probably seen this next to the pizza shop up there. It's now, sadly, flat 
unfortunately. But it was in that place Stephen Jeffries preached. And the newspaper reported that that place, that chapel, was overflowing with people. And as Stephen Jeffries preached to the crowds, it was absolutely packed in that place. And according to newspaper reports, it, the crowd built up to eventually around 300 people in that building. And what's interesting is the newspapers report that it was mainly young people who were there during, the, during his meetings. And 300 people in that place accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 300 people across the road made a decision in 1919, 100 years ago this year. 300 people made a decision for Jesus. You know, Stephen Jeffries, he didn't preach a light gospel or an amusing gospel or, or you know, he didn't try to be light-hearted and, you know, and all these different things. Stephen Jeffries took no mess in. He preached the true gospel. It was a strong gospel. It was the true gospel. And he preached the judgment of God. He preached it like he was an Old Testament prophet. You know, I can imagine he was a bit like Leonard Ravenhill, you know, when you hear him. I'm sure he was a bit like that in preaching, the, you know, preaching to the people. There was no messing around. He said it as he was, as God was anointing him, as God was leading him. And he, 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 he was bringing this such anointing to his ministry that the, the newspapers report the strong men were crumbling and weeping and trembling because there was such an incredible sense of God's presence in that place across the road God was moving and something else that he preached quite strongly was something that I spoke on this morning was the second coming this was a characteristic of his sermons of his messages he preached strongly about Jesus is coming again and he believed that he'd come again at any moment and we believe that this evening as well I know when he preached that it brought about such an incredible sense of urgency that people had to respond to Jesus because they thought it would be too late that they would miss out that they wouldn't be caught up in the air with Jesus you know, news of this, of this move of God, it carried actually over the borders of Wales. It, it carried over the borders and the national newspapers became interested in what God was doing in this small place. This insignificant place, as it's all being said, you know, this place, this nowhere place really, isn't it? You know, when people ask me, where am I from? You know, and I say, oh, what church are you part of? You know, I say, I'm from Abraham. And they're like, where? Where did that but God moved in this place that even the national newspapers were interested in what was going on. And the Sunday Chronicle reported this in, on November the 16th, 1919. It had the big head in. This was the head in in the Sunday Chronicle. It said, big Welsh revival. More visions in a colliery village. Can you imagine reading that on Wales Online? God moving in a small colliery village again. And this is what the report says. It says, a new religious revival which reproduces many of the extraordinary features of the Evan Roberts revival of seven years ago has broken out at the colliery village of Aberaman, a place of some 5,000 inhabitants. Indeed, so remarkable are the scenes of intense religious fervor coupled with supernatural visions on the part of the converts and cases of what are claimed to be divine healing of physical diseases among them that one aged religious leader, leader declares that he has seen three revivals, but this is the greatest of them all. Isn't that phenomenal? That this, he had seen three revivals, but the greatest revival he'd seen was in the Abrahman revival in 1919. And many other reports, if you read the newspapers, my dad sent me some articles of it the other day. 
It says it in the, in the newspapers. The Abraham revival of 1919. You know, for three weeks, Stephen Jeffrey stayed in Abraham and he preached for three weeks. 300 people came to know Jesus. People were totally turned, turned away from their sin, turned away from their wicked ways and surrendered their lives to Jesus and they prepared for the second coming. That's what they got ready for because they believed that he was coming again. And newspapers report that actually what's interesting is the Abrahamic revival was contained to Abrahamic. It stayed here. It didn't really spread much further, but God just moved in this village. That's absolutely incredible that God moved here. But you know, as a result of that, our community was awakened. Back then, the community, the newspapers reported there's about 5,000 people living in this village at that time. And 300 of them, in a matter of three weeks, came to know Jesus. Many, many more were healed, delivered, set free. And you know, the national newspapers reporting of what God is doing. You might say, what are the results of all of that revival? What's the fruit of that revival? Well, the fruit of that revival is us. We are a part of that revival. We are part of the legacy of that revival, of what God did across that road in 1919. Many of us are here today because of it. In fact, it was actually, as I was speaking to my grandfather before the service, my great-grandmother made a decision in those meetings. So if she hadn't made the decision in those meetings, then I don't know if I would be here tonight or, you know, any. And I'm sure that many of your loved ones who are here tonight, I'm sure many of them were in those meetings or heard about it and were affected by it. Many of them were impacted by the gospel in 1919 across that road. And they in turn now have impacted us. And we are here, we are the fruit of that, of what God has done, of their ministry, of how they have shared about what God did there and what God did there. We are the fruit of that. So tonight, as we come to a conclusion, you know, know, on this harvest service, I believe the Lord wants to remind us that, you know, I read at the beginning, Matthew chapter 9, where it says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I believe the Lord wants to remind us as a church, Gateway Church, the harvest is still plentiful. The harvest is plentiful out there. There are many, many people out there who don't know Jesus in our community. There's not 5,000 people living in our community now. There's 9,000 people living in Abraham. And Jesus, and I believe God is saying that the harvest is still plentiful. And you know, I believe with all of my heart that the revival, Abraham and revival of 1919 was not the last revival that Abraham is going to see. I believe that with all of my heart. As I've prayed, as I've seeked the Lord, you know, it's something that God is stirring in my heart. It's not going to be the last one. This, that revival back then is not going to be the last one that this village feels. This village, that report on what God did then is not going to be the last time that God moved significantly, significantly in our village. You might say, why on earth do you say that? Because of the promise that God has given us as a church. That promise that I read out at the beginning. i read it again. Very quickly, Haggai 2 verse 9. This temple is going to end up far better than it started out. 300 people. I can't imagine what that's going to mean there. If there's 300 people, if there was healings, if there's deliverances, if there's salvation and all these incredible things. Imagine what it's going to be like. Because God has promised that it's going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish place in which I will hand out wholeness 
and holiness. The decree of the God of the angel armies. You know, I believe that, I believe that God has placed us here. You know, as it says in Esther, God has placed us here for such a time as this. There's a reason why we're hearing about this Welsh revival tonight in 1919, the Abraham revival. It's not by chance. I believe that God has placed you and I here for such a time as this. And God is calling each and every one of us to reach our village. It's not the generation's past responsibility to reach the people out there. It's our responsibility. God has placed you and I here to reach them out there. Nobody else has come in. God isn't going to send anybody else to come. We are his number one plan to reach this community. We're in, and I know there's other churches as well, and God wants to use them as well. But us, we're included in that. God is going to use us. We're a part of his plan to reach the people in Abraham today and in Aberdeen today. I know my prayer is that as a people, we wouldn't just keep praying and praying and praying and praying. We need to pray. But also we would pray that God would empower us and send us out. You know, I, wouldn't it be incredible, as I said to you, in 2019, the Abraham revival of 2019, in the latter parts of the, of the year, you know, there was a message here about how God moved once in a time gone by, and the people of God, they had a hunger, they had a fresh desire to see God move in this broken community again. And God came in his grace and in his mercy and turned this community upside down. How many of us believe for that? You know, many of you here tonight, you might think, you know, I, I'm too weak. I, you know, I, I haven't got the strength to do this. I, you know, I, I don't believe, you know, and all these different things. All God is looking for is, a, a, is a, hungry, a hungry heart and an available heart. It doesn't matter about if you have the ability, if you have the strength and all these things. God is looking for a people who will seek him. And when we seek him, watch what he does. And we put him first and say, God, I'm available. Fill me and use me. Watch the doors that God can open up here. And I want to encourage us as a church tonight. You know, these stories of revival, they something that God's laid on my heart to inspire us as a church and to encourage us to realize that, you know, even looking here tonight, we need revival. We need revival. I need revival. You need revival. We all need revival. We need God to come in his might and in his power and in his spirit again and to awaken us and send us out and to reach this community for him. So I want to encourage us as a church tonight to pray for that. Lord, Send your spirit again. And you know, that's been my prayer even this week. Lord, let the 1919 revival not be the last one that Abraham and hears about or feels. May there be a greater one to come because he's promised it. May we be encouraged by that time. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.